Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Uh, with me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Hi. And we have a guest producer, Matt, here today. In the hizzy. Yes. Yep. In the uh, leather wingback director's chair. Matt, who has gotten fan mail before. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you know Lions and Scissors is back together? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I like him. Well, he's right here. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's great news, Matt. Yeah. It feels weird to talk to you without looking at you, but right. I've been instructed to do so. That's the whole point, to just feel weird. All right. That's the point of life. Well, that's great. Yeah. You guys need to get a website together, Matt. He shakes his head yes. Yes. Uh, he's like, we got a MySpace page. <laughs> right. It's that? so funny that that's still being financially supported enough that it's up, that you can still access MySpace. Yeah, but have you seen some of the other stuff that's still up? Like, MySpace has got a long way to go. Oh, really? To fall off the radar. I'm interested to see when that happens. Me too. Maybe there'll be some sort of event. Yeah. Can you tell I'm stalling? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that means everybody else can tell too then. So we should probably start. Chuck. Yes. Um... Have you ever seen the Simpsons episode, uh, The Twisted Life of Marge, Twisted World of Marge Simpson? Yes. The one where she starts selling pretzels? I think so. It's hard to keep them all, you know, straight. It is. It is. Well, um, in it, uh, Marge decides to make some extra scratch by selling pretzels, right? She No, she's a part of an investment club. Yeah. And um, the investment club gets a little crazy. And I think she's forced out of their PETA, Fleet of PETA franchise. Okay, so I definitely PETA, did not see that. PETA food truck, basically. Right. She gets forced out, so she goes off on her own and starts selling pretzels. Well, she gets in bed with the mob inadvertently. And when the mob comes a-calling, just in time, and the, they're storming the front door. Is it the mob guy that's always? Fat Tony. Yeah, Fat Tony. Um, the fleet of PETA ladies show up, and they want their cut mm-hmm. of her turf, I believe. Um, and it turns out that they've gotten in bed with the Yakuza. Ah. Yes, the Japanese mafia. <laughs> Pretty cool. And um, as the mob, as the Yakuza and the mafia are about to battle, uh-huh. the door shuts and all you can hear is some stuff and then the door opens and everybody's like laying dead. And <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. That's a trope. But after reading this article, uh-huh. how the Yakuza works, yeah. I would say that um, they probably, had they spoken before they fought, would have found that they had a tremendous amount in common. Yeah. And possibly wouldn't have even fought at all. Yeah. Maybe they would have um, had some uh, wine and sake. Or some sushi and pasta. Yeah. And broke bread together. Exactly. Or whatever the Japanese version of bread is. Bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the uh, intro to how Yakuza works. Very nice. That's a good one. Thanks. It is. Uh, and reading this article, you're right. I was kind of like, you know what? It's just like the American Mafia. It is. So there's like a there's a model out there yeah. for organizing crime. Yeah. And somebody figured it out at some point in time. Maybe it was the Japanese. Maybe it was the Sicilians. Maybe it was all independent. But the point is, it, it's out there. It's established. Don't try to mess with it. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yes, as far as organized crime goes, I guess you're right. Uh, the origins of the Yakuza, uh, mm-hmm. depending on which history you're following. Right. Um, if you listen to some of the clans, and they are clans, I guess I just gave that away. Well, clans, families, families. same thing. Yeah. Um, they might say 
like we have noble origins mm-hmm. and we uh, descended from the Ronin and we are more like your American Robin Hood, although he wasn't American. Your English Robin Hood. Right. We're like Kevin Costner. Exactly. <laughs> and um, our lineage is like very proud and honorable. Um, probably a little bit of an inflated story um, because the other side of the coin is that they descended from the Kabuki Mono, uh-huh. the crazy ones. Yeah. And be- these are basically, were like masterless ronin after the samurai. They were just crazy kids. Well, they were masterless samurai. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And they would go around doing bad things with their swords. Yeah. Because they didn't have a, a, uh, a what's it called again? Goal in life? No, the the, the master, the... Oh, uh, a damyo. Damyo. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say that. But I can't I believe wrong. I did that from memory. I had it. Yumi's going to be so proud. But I doubt it myself. Oh, you had damyo? I had it in my brain, but I doubted myself, which will make Emily proud. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got some some political upheaval. I think a time of peace is what it was, and the yeah. samurai became basically useless and lazy. Um, yeah, and I guess that made them cranky because they started to do crime, or they just kind of went into business, which is something the samurai didn't need to do because they were the political elite for That's a very point. very long time. Yeah, very true. Um, they did their jobs too well. There was a lasting peace, and then political upheaval, and then all of a sudden they're just kind of out on the street. So yeah. They're either going crazy cutting the heads off of peasants for no good reason. They're wandering around not cutting the heads off of peasants, but they're samurai, and you don't want to look at them wrong. Yes. Or they're samurai uh, who are selling apples on the street now, which is new to them. Or running gambling uh, casinos. Right. Gambling houses. Yeah. Uh, Brothels. Yeah. Making money from, like, ill repute. Or legitimate ways, but the point is, is you have... These people who are coming into the market, who are coming in from the outside. Outsiders. Exactly. Like C. Thomas Howell. Right. Or Yakuza. Ralph Macho. <laughs> Stay gold, Yakuza. Um, and that's the, the Yakuza still wears that today, kind of as a badge of honor. They're outsiders in Japanese society. Yeah, um, which we'll talk about the, the Korean Yakuza <laughs> later. Is that how we say Korean now? Korean? Yeah. <laughs> You're from Georgia. <laughs> you sound like uh, Hank Azaria doing Billy Bob Thornton in Homegrown. Um, so the name uh, Yakuza, I thought this was pretty interesting. It actually reinforces that outsider status because it came from a game called uh, Oyecho Kabu. Sounds good to me. And uh, it's similar to what we call Bakarak uh, in that the second digit of the uh, hand is where you get your point value. It's very numerological. Yes, it is. So you add up your cards. Yeah, and the second digit is what counts, like in Baccarat. Right, so if you have three sixes or something like that, you'd have 18, and your hand would be worth eight, because it's the second number, the Uh, last digit. Yeah, a 16 would probably be more appropriate, because that's actually two digits. A six is just one digit. You know what I'm saying? No. Well, if it's a two-digit number, it would be based on the second digit, right? Is it a two-digit number? I would think it'd be like zero six. No, I think it's the last digit of your hand. So, like for example, if you have a, in this case, you have um, an eight, a nine, and a three. Yeah. That equals twenty. That your hand is worth zero. Okay. So it's the second digit or the last digit. Right, but a sixteen would be worth six. Yes, but I guess there is no sixteen. <laughs> what well, am so I there's, about? there's if you had three fours. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So you take if you have a hand of three cards, you <clears throat> add them up, and then whatever the last digit is. If it's a single digit, it's that. 
If it's a du- if it's a two digit number, it's the second digit. Boy, there are gamblers out there just like I hate you. <laughs> no, they're probably just like guys stay out of the casino. Yeah, S- stick to the shows. So anyway, eight, nine, and three equals twenty. That is zero points. That is a very bad hand. It's a worthless hand. And the Japanese words for eight, nine, and three: yakuza, yakuza, meaning worthless or pointless in in the yes, vernacular. A very roundabout. Probably incorrect way of explaining that. So you've got a group of uh, people who know their way around a sword, mm-hmm. who suddenly are selling um, pachinko cards. Or women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or opium, I'll bet. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, they are, they're very proud of this outsider worthless status. Yeah. You know, they're us, making themselves anti-heroes. Yeah, us basically. against the world. Exactly. Um if you are a cop, though, you're probably going to re- refer to the Yakuza as the uh, Boryokudan. Yes. Which is basically is a degenerate gangster who has no sense of values or tradition. That's right. And that's a very big insult. You wouldn't want to call a Yakuza member that. No, unless you you know, were arresting them. And even then you may want to... Avoid it? Yeah. <laughs> depending I on saw that name thrown, thrown around a lot in the press, though, so... Did you? People aren't shy about it. I gotcha. I mean, I'm sure it's like being called a... A mafia member. A hood. Or, yeah. A thug. <laughs> a heavy. Or in in uh, the U.S., a degenerate gangster who has no sense of tradition or values. That's right. Uh, however, this article, who wrote this? Was this Ed? Yeah, the it was Grabster. Grabster. All right, yeah. the figures. Um, he points out that the most direct ancestors come from uh, the 18th century. Uh, he called them quasi-legal businessmen. Mm-hmm. And they are known as uh, Bakuto and Tekia. So Bakudo is a gambler. Yeah, gamblers, peddlers, um, not like of the highest repute, I would imagine. Yeah, the Tekia is the pe- the peddler. Yeah, I, I don't think they were either, but they were enterprising businessmen who, who knew how to make a buck, however. Yes, and eventually they decided, you know, if we organize ourselves into these clans, it might be better for business. Yeah, and they did. And a lot of the clans still have the names of these Bakudos and Tekias today. Can you name one? The Yamaguchi Gumi clan. <laughs> They're the biggest one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like 80,000 strong. 80,000 members. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and we should also say that um, the, the, that clan, if it has 80,000 members, it's probably assembled in, well, usually Yakuza is assembled in one of two ways. It's a straight up clan mm-hmm. and everybody's related. Everybody knows one another. Or it's a f- kind of a confederation of clans. Yeah. So if you have 80,000 members, it's probably the latter of the two. Yeah, I would imagine. So the Yamaguchi Gumi clan would be the nominal umbrella clan of several other smaller clans that are structured very much like a mafia family with a don at the head. But in this case, it's called a kumicho. Yep. And it follows that um, a rough pyramid structure working its way down yep. to, uh, I guess, the lowest or the highest man on the totem pole. Which would be uh, just the, the the you know the heavy the thug, sure carrying out the the tough the tough uh, assignments. The guy with the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say they might use something else, but no, baseball over there, so yeah. they might use two baseball bats for all I know. Right, <laughs> and make them like whirl. And the only reason you know that is because of Tom Selleck. Uh, no, no, no. There's that story about the uh, KFC Colonel that they threw in the. <laughs> In the river? Yeah. And I think Osaka? Wow. Um, Okay, so we've got the hierarchy, and the key to this hierarchy is something called the Oyaban-Koban relationship. 
Mm-hmm. And that is um, much like, I was about to say much like the mafia, but much like any structure where you have seniority, ideally you have a relationship between the higher-ups mm-hmm. and the people directly beneath them. Right. Um, and that is the case here with the Oyabun Koban. Well, the Oyabun is, is the higher up. Right. It's like a father son relationship. Yeah. Or a um, den master Cub Scout relationship. Or mentor uh, protege. Protege. Right. I was about to say mentee. <laughs> what's What's significant about this is that everywhere within the um, the Yakuza structure, mm-hmm. this clan structure, everyone plays both roles except at the very top and the very bottom. Yeah. So you are the uh, Oyabon, the uh, father, to the guy below you, mm-hmm. or the guys below you. And you're the Koban to the guy uh, immediately ahead of you. Yeah, like, let me let me show you how to how to clean your gun properly. Right, or your sword. Uh, do they still use swords? I imagine there's a couple that still use swords. It's a throwback kind of thing. They don't use guns that much. Oh, no? No, I actually have a stat, because I just got a little curious about gun violence. Yeah. Six guns for every 1,000 people in Japan compared to 890 per 1,000 in the U.S. <laughs> no like, way. Yeah. And uh, in 2008, there were only 11 gun deaths in Japan. Yeah. Completely. And in the U.S., <clears throat> about 12,000 that same year. I'm surprised it's that low. 12,000? Yeah. That's pretty high. Um, I know. I'm saying I'm still surprised it's that low. The thing about Japan is like they don't have a lot of crime, especially violent crime. Yeah. But when they do, it is gruesome. Like little elementary school kids cutting the heads off other other ones and like planting it on the gate outside of the school. Wow. People like that happen. Yeah. People like on just killing sprees and like bathing in the blood of their victim and all that. Just like the craziest stuff. It's like this very like straight laced culture yeah. that like has very strict rules. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while somebody just pops and like really bad things happen, but it's very infrequent. Yeah. Um, and I did find out though about two thirds of the gun deaths, <laughs> which I guess would only be about four people. <laughs> oh no. Two thirds would be what? Out of uh, how many? Eleven. Eleven, like uh, ish. Uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> they come from the uh, from the yakuza, which really? makes sense. Yeah, like most of the gun violence is attributed to them. But um, there is a pretty good point in this article later on that um, they don't really have to use violence or even the threat of violence because a lot of the um, extortion schemes that they carry out are. Based on Japanese politeness. Yeah, I think the implied threat of violence is there, though. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, okay. But they'll be like, we want you to, uh, or we strongly feel that you should uh, <laughs> contribute to this charity. That's not a real charity. Yeah. Um, so maybe you should write a check. And yeah. then people are like, well, of course, I want to help these. Throw in this golf tournament this weekend. That'd be really great if you were there at yeah. about 9 a.m. to tee off. Right. And the green fee's a million dollars. Sure. All right, so back to the Oyaban Koban. Uh, when they submit their relationship, it is done uh, in a ceremony mm-hmm. where uh, a third person, I guess named Spider, pours up some drinks, <laughs> um, pours sake, um, and I believe they drink from their own glass, then they switch and drink from each other's glass. Yes. And then the Oyaban is allowed to get hammered, and I guess the Koban isn't. No, he just sits there and sips. Yeah, and I guess cleans up after whatever happens with the oh, you know. That's exactly how they um, do the, um, that's how you get a sponsor in AA, but they use coffee instead of sake. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. 
Uh, oh, I mentioned the Koreans. <laughs> they are, um, they only make up 0.5% of the population, but I could, I was trying to find a good number. I found 10% of the Yakuza. That's a pretty big disparity. Huge disparity. And apparently it's because in Japan, um, Koreans are, are looked down upon in many circles and disrespected and, and, you know, it's, it's racial, uh, bigotry. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so they're outsiders, and so they identify, I think, with the Yakuza. Well, definitely. And then, or but that, that further strengthens the Yakuza's, um, sense of being outsiders as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, um, very good for business to have Koreans in your gang because a lot of smuggling between Korea and Japan goes on. Yeah. So it's practical as well as prideful. <laughs> um, and if you're a woman, um, don't count on playing ball very much in the Yakuza because no. you are marginalized and you're not going to be doing a lot of uh, work unless it's um, as a prostitute <laughs> right. or a servant, Yep, sadly. Yes. With one exception. Should we go to that exception? Yeah, might as well. Uh, Fukio Toaka? Yeah. Um, Fukio Toaka, or Fumiko, sorry, Toaka, was the wife of uh, Kazuo Taoka. Man, I've been screwing their names up left and right. No, you were good up until this point. <laughs> Fu- Fumiko Taoka. I had it totally wrong. Um, she was the wife of Kazuo Taoka. And um, he basically, he ran the Yamaguchi Gumi, which is it's like such an adorable name. But they'll kill you. I know. It sounds like a little teddy bear or something. Right. Or like a whole line of teddy bears yeah. that are like slightly different from one another. But you have to collect all 800. <laughs> yeah. And there's trading cards, too. Um so uh, he ran that clan from World War II to the 80s. Not bad run. And then he died. Uh, and actually, in translated from the Japanese, that was like perfectly spoken. I, I, I turned into Tarzan. <laughs> um, Not bad run. So he died of a heart attack in the early 80s. And uh, Fumiko took over and became the first woman uh, Oyoban ever. And yeah. she, she held power for a few months. That's not very long. No, but... Sure. Like she was it, the only one. No one had ever done it since like the 17th, 18th century. Yeah. No, 19th, 18th or 19th century to the 80s. No woman had ever taken over despite Kill Bill. Yeah. There was no woman in power <laughs> at any point except for Fumiko. And even for a few months, it's pretty significant in this yeah, that's world, true. As, as I understand. Yeah, I wonder, I'll have to look into that, why she was, uh, if she was removed or if she was just like, this ain't for me. Right. I have no idea why she didn't maintain power, but she didn't, but she held the clan together, as I understand, for several months. That's right. Um, One thing you do not want to do if you are in this uh, Oyabun-Koban relationship as the Koban is disappoint Oyabun because you could um, take part in the uh, Yubizumi. I would say Yubizumi. And that is when um, you basically screw up they give you a knife and a bandage and say, you know what to do. Just go do it. And you do it. You yeah. uh, cut above or at the first joint of your pinky finger. Yeah. And um, you take it and after you've bandaged it up and stopped screaming. Yeah. Um, and you take the finger and you present it to the Oyabon. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm really sorry. Let's just forget this ever happened. Can you please take me to the hospital? And he's like, yeah. Right. Looks good. And I'll bet if you really wanted to mess with your uh, Oban. Is it Oban? Yeah. Um, Oyabon. Oyabon. 
Yeah, Oban is like old lady, I believe, like okay. grandma. Um, Don't hand her your pinky. Right. <laughs> uh, it would be to just like pop it in your mouth and eat the guy's ah. pinky. Wouldn't that just kind of like consolidate like any fear that the person had? Yeah, for me it would. Yeah. For sure. Um, and apparently it is a symbolic weakening of uh, your ability to hold a sword. Yeah. I say it's not a very smart thing to do to like physically, you know, give someone a physical disadvantage that's on your team. Right. But I'm not making the rules. Well, it makes sense. It weakens your ability to hold the sword. But in that sense, it also it makes you more dependent on the other clan members to help protect and defend you. That's true. Like, I see your point, but yeah. I, I think it's cool. Like, it's a pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, symbolically, it's very cool, I think. Yeah, and apparently if you keep messing up, then they will um, go down more sections of your finger than if you lose all your pinky. Right. You're still screwing up. They'll move to your other finger. Yeah. And at that point, I guess you should probably rethink your, you know, your he, way of doing things. It'd be like, um, do you remember the geeky guy from Greece? Uh, Kaniki? No, no, was, he was like was just a, a peripheral character. He wore oh, no. glasses and he. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Can you imagine that guy? Yeah. After like two months in the yakuza, he'd have like nothing left. He just runs into walls all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing now. I have no idea. After playing the nerd in like eight movies. Yeah. All right, Josh. What is what did the yakuza do? And I'll go ahead and set you up by saying they kind of do the same thing as the American Mafia. Again. Yeah. And the Italian Mafia and yeah. the Bulgarian Mafia and the Russian Mafia. Which I want to say, um, you remember how like the post-Soviet Russia mm-hmm. just fell into utter like lawlessness and the mob stepped in? Yeah. Apparently, the Yakuza went from like relative outsiders to like political powerhouses at the end of World War II for much the same reason. It was just there were... There were organized crime syndicates in place that were ready to fill the power vacuum that happened yeah. after the Japanese government was um, cleaning up the mess. Well, yeah, yeah, um, and and that's the same thing that happened when the Soviet Union crumbled. But that's how the yakuza got where they are today. Opportunists. Yeah, interesting. In the right place in the right time is another way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so apart from gambling, uh, prostitution, um, you got your smuggling. Mm-hmm. You got your firearms. You got your porno. Yeah. Uh, you've got the age old. Um, <laughs> you got the age old uh, protection fees. Yeah. Which means, pay me and I won't beat you up. Yeah. It's put way better than that, but that's a, what it amounts to. Yeah. Um, they also uh, recently have killed people. Um, Eleven two- of them. Well, no, killed. They don't get into politics that much, but they in 2007, the mayor of Nagasaki yeah. was shot and killed Jeez. by a senior member of the Yamaguchi Gumi clan. And, um, in what year? 2007. Wow. Like murdered in cold blood on the street. And um, But it wasn't exactly a uh, Yakuza thing. Like he was a senior guy in the Yakuza, so he ain't messing around. But apparently what happened is he was driving his car through a public works site mm-hmm. and drove through a hole and like damaged his car and could never get any restitution from the government. And he got mad and went and killed the mayor. Jeez. Yeah. And they think that's what it had stemmed from. How Pesci-esque. I know. Yeah, that's very Pesci-esque. Although he, no, Pesci would have been smarter because this guy was, you know, I don't know. He's wrestled a, to the ground and. He's a big hothead in casino. That's true, but he never got nabbed like that. No. But uh, this guy got nabbed, and they tried to 
make it a Yakuza thing. And they were kind of like, no, not really. He was in the Yakuza. He was just yeah ticked off about his car. We are in no way affiliated with this act. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that they wish they would have fixed his car at that point. I wonder what kind of car it was. It was yeah. just like an Accord. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it was probably not a Chevy or a Ford. That's, <laughs> my, that's my guess. Um, sometimes these guys segue into real work, legal work, invest in the stock market in yep. semi-legitimate ways. Yeah, you can. I mean, uh, you can do it uh, legitimately. Like you can just take your your illegal winnings and invest in the stock market. Or yeah. you can be like, um, I think this company could make more money under my personal direction. Yeah. Buy some stock, get some dirt on some of the board of directors. And, um, or make it up. Right. Yeah. And then send some of your underlings to a board meeting and be like, oh, we would hate so much for these pictures of you with your mistress to get out. Um, so I think now our, our boss, the uh, Koban? Yeah. Is Ko- now Koyabun. Koyabun. What is Where's that Y? Why won't I get that Y in there? I don't know. Uh, our, our Koyabun is now the, the head of the board of directors of this company. So um, in pop culture, yeah. Yakuza is huge in the um, – did I say huge? Yeah, I think there was an H. It's weird. It's huge. It's crazy. You need my missing Ys. <laughs> I guess so. That's what happened. Um, huge on the small and big screen. Like if you think mafia movies are big here, <clears throat> it ain't nothing like the Yakuza. Right, and they're very much idealized over there. Oh, <clears throat> I'm sure. Like even more so than we, we do the Italian mafia here in our movies. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I looked up lists of the best ones, and it's sort of, you know, obviously if you're doing uh, a opinion list like that, it's going to range. But one I saw sure. consistently listed as, like, the best is a five-part series called Battles Without Honor in Humanity. And I want to check this out. It's supposed to be amazing. I'm writing it down. Uh, they compared it to the Godfather trilogy. Nice. Um, I imagine they mean one and two only, <laughs> unless... The third one of this one starred the director's daughter, who was a lousy actor. And Andy Garcia. But happened to be a great director. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good. Um, Andy Garcia I liked, though. Yeah, I know. It's just it was weird to see him in that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what, what's another one? Um, well, that's that's the one I had at number one, so I didn't like list them all out because everyone had their own opinion. I'm going to search that one out. All right. As far as the West goes, Black Rain, that was a good Yakuza movie. Okay, I was trying to think of one. I, my first thought, like an idiot, was Big Trouble in Little China. And then I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> That's China. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> but, um, and I couldn't think of any Yakuza. Black Rain, of course. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah. Unless, if you suspect, as I do, that uh, Mr. Nakatomi was involved in the Yakuza and Die Hard. But that's kind of like a sub, sub, subplot. A side bet, if you will. Yeah. I just remember, I don't remember much about Black Rain. I just remember lots of motorcycles. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yep. And raining. <laughs> it was raining. Black. Um, so I guess you already mentioned Kazu uh, Teoka. I know. It's hard, isn't it? It is. He's not even my favorite, though, and, and neither is Fumiko. Well, who is then? Uh, Yoshio Kodama. Okay. And I guess we're just touching on uh, the fact that they do get involved in politics a little bit. Well, this guy got involved in politics a lot. Yes. Um, he was a uh, war criminal. During World War II, he was dealing with China and um, was imprisoned. And then after the war, um, the occupying American forces freed him. Because I guess if you were an enemy of the Japanese state, you were an ally to the U.S. 
Yes. And he actually kind of proved to be an ally. He made contacts with the CIA and deals with them and basically consolidated power using the CIA and the occupying military. Not too bad. No. And he had made most of his connections in prison, right? Yeah. But I think also he had a pretty extensive smuggling network um, to basically get materials from China to Japan to sell them at grossly inflated prices. Um, and if you have an, a smuggling network, you have pretty much by proxy an espionage network. So this guy had like his own little yeah. intelligence military wow. going under his wing. Yeah. And like Al Capone, he was finally brought up on like financial uh, charges. Right. But died, I think, right before he, uh, yeah, before he could stand trial. Right. But before he died, he had a lot of power and a lot of political influence and he used it. He was a right wing nationalist. Um, and apparently the Yakuza goes through bouts or periods or certain clans are known to be very nationalistic. Right. Um, which is kind of weird because that flies in the face of like Korean membership. But I wonder if some clans like don't have Korean members, the nationalist ones. Oh, yeah. I yeah. imagine so. Which is weird. Huh. Um, so Japan these days, uh, they say their tolerance is pretty low. Um, and in 1992, they passed um, what, remember we talked about the RICO law mm-hmm. in the, um, I guess it was the Mafia podcast. And basically it beefed up a lot of the penalties um, for crimes uh, conducted as Yakuza. Yeah. Um, you know, more jail time, that kind of thing. Well, one of the hallmarks of the RICO Act is the higher-ups can be held accountable for the crimes committed yeah. by the guys further down the ladder. And uh, apparently Japan has a, that similar clause or statute. So I guess the various Oyabon <clears throat> would be responsible for whatever the uh, underlings did. For whatever the Koban did. <laughs> yes, very nice. Um but apparently that act worked in a way and didn't work in a way because uh, some say it caused some of the clans to restructure and move into different areas where they overlapped with other clans for the first time, mm-hmm. caused some turf wars yeah. or bloodshed. Yeah. And um, so it made it harder for police to, like, you know, get good information because all of a sudden it was kind of thrown into turmoil. Yeah. And it, apparently it's had very little effect on their income. Because I think like 2004, the Yakuza as a whole made an estimated like $13 billion in revenue, wow. according to Japan Times. That's a lot of yen. That's a, it's a, let's see, I think it's a trillion and a half yen. Wow. That's more than a fistful. Uh, oh, very nice. A little Clint Eastwood reference. That was a Jerry Zucker. Fistful of yen from Kentucky Fried Movie? Oh, that's right. Well, which was a Clint Eastwood reference. Right. Okay. Um, Clint Eastwood in his invis- invisible Obama what chair. What was that, man? <laughs> yeah. That's I guess there's really not a lot you can say other than politics is getting pretty surreal <laughs> here in the U.S. Yeah. It's performance art. It is. Uh, and I guess we can wrap up with um, the tattoos that they wear. Very interesting stuff, man. Have you seen this? I have. They're usually full body. Like multicolored. It said in here torso, but I saw nakedness, yeah. like every square inch covered. Really? Did you? Or, you know, they showed people from the rear, at least. Yeah. Wearing the diapers. Uh, well, no, these people. They were just totally naked? Bare bottom. Do you see these guys? Yeah. Um, when uh, I was in Japan with Yumi, um, th- they have uh, little baths. And one of the rules of the baths is, like, if you have tattoos, you can't come in. Oh, really? Because like they any don't tattoos? Want- I was a little worried, but I think they figured that since I was obviously American, <laughs> and, and I just have like one, two, maybe. 
Yeah. Um, they they uh, were like, I think you're okay. Two maybe, like you don't know how many tattoos you have. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, if you if you have tattoos, they can't ask you to leave. Yeah. And the whole reason is they they don't want trouble. Sure. It's not like the professional wrestling venues where they just know that it's Yakuza owned and controlled. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. That's one of the sectors of legitimate business that Yakuza often get involved in is pro pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Hmm. Got anything else on that? Nope. All right. That's Yakuza. Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a Yakuza (laughs) guy. Uh, if you want to learn more about Yakuza and see some of these uh, tattoo photos that uh, Chuck's talking about, and this may be the only article on the site that has a photo of Jet Li. Is he in there? Yeah, right there. What does it say? What's the caption? Jet Li is rogue in the film War, which focuses on Asian organized crime. Interesting. That is one heck of a caption. <laughs> if you want to see that caption for yourself, you can type the word Yakuza, Y-A-K-U-Z-A, in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and since I said handy search bar, you know what time it is. For reals, it's listener mail. Um, Josh, I'm going to call this uh, <clears throat> video blog I'm trying to plug, but I don't have the name of it. Oh, well, that's rough. But it's from the past, and I like these. <laughs> you know, well, I'll explain. Okay. Uh, hey, Stuff You Should Know team, <clears throat> I've tagged along with you through four years worth of uh, SYSK. But have not yet caught up to the most current editions. I am writing you from the dawn of 2011. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Is this just an old email then? No, that okay. was new. Um, in the past, I have seen the rise and fall of haiku theater. Yeah. Appropriately. Uh, celebrated when Josh quit smoking. Yeah. Which is, it's been a while now. Yeah. Two plus years. I don't even remember smoky Josh now. I know, it's nice. Yeah, it's like a whole different thing. Now I'm like judgmental at other smokers, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. Uh, and I've wondered what the W stands for in Charles W. Chucker's Chuck Bryant. Uh, more recently, Chuck has periodically replaced listener mail with the relatively new Facebook questions, but he points out that, again, he's behind the times a bit. Mm-hmm. It's been around. Yeah. Uh, Jerry is as enigmatic as ever, mm-hmm. having never actually spoken on air. Not true. And Josh has run a commendable yet untimely, I'm sorry, ultimately failed campaign at abolishing Handy from the Handy search bar. Yeah, I just kind of gave into that. That was a phase. Yeah. But perhaps the Josh, Chuck, and Jerry I write to now are quite different. I won't know until I've caught up to the present or future, depending on whether you're reading this from your perspective or mine. We're different. We're aged. Yes, we are. My beard has gotten noticeably grayer. I'm sagging. I needed to write you now instead of waiting until I've caught up, though, because I've just started a video blog. Uh, I need to give credit where credit is due. I feel like I've gotten to know the gang fairly well, talking about us, Uh over the course of 250 podcasts. Uh, it is this kind of relationship that I'm hoping to build with my audience. 250 podcasts? He's way behind. He's got 200 to catch up on. Um, you've been an inspiration for me, and I hope to form the same kind of connection with an audience through my video blog. Or vlog. Or vlog. Uh, more importantly, I need to thank you guys for all you do, providing something that is real, uh, entertaining, informative, and that has brought me back for all these episodes. So thank you for the inspiration. Uh, you're a fan from the past, present, and future, uh, Nate Veldhoff. And I tried to plug Nate's vlog, but he didn't mention it. So, Nate, first rule of thumb is to pass along the name of your vlog when writing right. people that can get the name of it. This isn't Fight Club. And I even tried to look it up, and I couldn't find it. So, Nate, if you want to write in, we'll post it on Facebook. Yes, and we'll even tweet it. Agreed. Okay, and speaking of Facebook and Twitter, you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuff you should know. 
You can join us on Twitter. Our handle is the very clumsy SYSK podcast. All one word. Yeah. You'll never find it if you're just searching for us. But it's SYSK podcast. Uh, you can also send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 